Welcome to Be The Energy, a podcast made by non-elite runners for non-elite runners. My name is Kevin Green, and my co-host Seth Olson and I started this show because we both love talking about running, and we want to use that enthusiasm to encourage other runners just like us. We aren't here to review the latest running shoes or to push our training styles on anyone. We understand that everyone's definition of success is different, so whether you're working towards your next PR or simply jogging for fun to get in shape, we want to relate our experiences to you in hopes they will not only encourage you, but also inspire you to turn the doorknob and log the miles even when those negative feelings creep in that say, I don't want to do it, or I don't feel like it. Along the way, you will hear testimonies of running from fellow non-elite runners whose fitness and overall lives have been transformed through their own unique running journeys. Join us in exploring the reach of this inclusive sport as we have philosophical discussions about its impact on mental health and fortitude and how we can all be the energy we want in life. Well, Seth, this is an exciting week, not only because we're starting this podcast, but I celebrated my 27th birthday on Monday. Yeah, did you go for a birthday run? And well, yes, and I, I'm glad that you asked that because I was I was just about to go into detail about it. So you know how people, you know, for birthdays, you know, there's all kind of different traditions that people do. You know, they'll go out and go to a restaurant or, you know, they'll spend time with friends, family, stuff like that. Well, ever since I started running, back during uh at the start of the pandemic uh in march 2020 i decided that i kind of wanted to make my birthday kind of stand out you know a, a day separated from the training block just a day that i can do something special with running you know fun with fitness you know i just want to have fun mm-hmm. with fitness it doesn't always have to be hardcore you know training plan training plan training plan all the time so last year i did the marathon in 24 hours challenge so basically what you do is you run an, a, a mile every hour for 24 hours until you reach the marathon distance. So the first hour would be 3.2 miles. And then from there on every hour on the, at the top of the hour, you know, and that was pretty difficult, <laughs> um, especially since I kind of, you know, probably tr- went a little bit too hard from what my ability level was at that point. Cause that I hadn't even been running for a full year yet at that point last year, but this year, I got an idea from uh, this guy named Seth, uh, Seth James Damore. He's actually a YouTuber. Um, he's, he's a, I would say, I would call him an elite runner. I mean, he runs a 105 half marathon. He's a 223 marathoner, but he makes daily vlogs uh, all about running. And every year on his birthday, he does the birthday mile. So he dedicates it just, just for one mile. He'll go to a track somewhere and he'll run an all out mile as fast as he can. And the goal is to get faster every single year. And, and sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. But this was my first year to do that. That's what I wanted to do this year, the birthday mile. So, so I'll, I'll birthday mile go. So well, basically I did one mile warm up and then did the mile all out and then did a one mile cool down. So I, do, I have these things called modern PRs because when I was in high school, I was a decent runner. You know, I ran... I can't remember exactly what my mile PR was, but it was under 510. I can't remember exactly what it was, but so basically, but I don't really count those old PRs anymore because after high school, I took seven years off from running. 
so I don't want to be chasing those old PRs because I'm not just be constantly getting disappointed, you know, because mm-hmm. I still have a long way to go to reach those things. So coming into my birthday on Monday, January 10th, what I did was uh, my person, my modern personal best or uh, NPR, I guess you could call it uh, was 636. And I ran that this past August with my, with my daughter, Ivy in a stroller. It was a one mile stroller derby in Tulsa and I actually won. <laughs> so that was, that was my modern personal uh, record coming in. So I figured that I could do faster than that. And, and I was actually able to get it in 612. So my new NPR mile, is uh 612 so i I felt pretty happy with that um it it was tough you know at the end you know your legs obviously start to get a little bit heavy and right and right at the end there's there's like this little intersection you know pretty busy street um, right next to my house and that's like pretty much right where the mile ended so i was like man i really hope that there's no cars coming because then i'll have to slow down a little bit and affect my time but no i'm really happy with 612 um you know, I feel like that's a pretty good time for me right now and uh, a good baseline for what kind of goals I need to set moving forward for things like 5Ks, 10Ks. Anyway, um, everybody, welcome to the Be The Energy podcast. I'm Kevin Green. I am in a new addition to the Fleet Feet Tulsa Half Marathon coaching team. Seth, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Seth Olson. I'm a 10-time marathoner, avid runner, and a good friend of Kevin, former co-workers together uh, back in our newspaper days back in Oklahoma. Um, but yeah, really excited to get this podcast jump-started with you, man. But uh, I guess I'll walk you guys through what exactly this podcast, how we're going to format it and everything like that. So basically what we want to do is we, we wanted to do something different, you know, something that stands out from all the other running podcasts out there. So what we're going to do is basically it's going to be taking you through the three steps of what any run should be, you know, the warm up, the, the actual workout, and then the cool down. So what the warm up will be is we'll take, you know, an inspirational quote, something like that, that has some philosophical meaning, and then we'll discuss what that means to us and how that applies to our personal training. And then after that, we'll go into the workout, which will be an interview um, or, uh, you know, we'll have a guest on. Um, and after the interview, after our special guest, we will go into the cool down. And from there, we'll give you, uh, you know, it's just be kind of a lighthearted conversation, not anything too philosophical, not, not thinking too hard about anything, just kind of giving you guys updates on our training stuff like that. Today, we will be talking about our uh, top three races from 2021. So we're really looking forward to that. With all that said, let's go ahead and get to the the warm-up. Lace up your shoes and turn that doorknob. It's time for the warm-up. All right. So today's quote, it is, you need to get your mind right. If you believe it, your body will physically find a way to make it happen. Uh, Seth, I'll go ahead and let you uh, give your initial thoughts on that. What does that mean to you when you hear that? I mean, um, running is just as much mental as it is um, physical. Um, I've, for several years, like I've discovered that getting your mind right is one of the most important things. And a lot of times you run to get your mind right, but when you're battling stuff mid run or you're trying to push it, you really need to have your mind in the right space. And 
you know, I've discovered that many of your best runs come from when you're able to push it and you're able to extend a new lengths that you didn't think were able to, and that's because you got your mind in the right spot. So it's important not just to get the mind right. That takes two things, really. I think you need to visualize things in your head to get to that clear headspace and then find a way to be confident in yourself at the same time. So it's a very multi-pronged approach, I would say. Exactly. And, and that, and the way it applies to me somewhat is, you know, I always think about overreaching when I, when I set out for a goal, each training block, am I overreaching? Is this goal something that is that, that I can get, or, you know, am I going to, am I setting myself up to fail? But, you know, I really feel like it all comes down, like you said, confidence, you have to have confidence in yourself. And when you have confidence, then you can move forward, you know, and your body will sort of acclimate, you know, to that confidence in a way, obviously, you know, you still have to take care of yourself, you know, and you can't, you know, if you're a seven minute miler or a nine minute miler, you can't go and say, you know, what, I'm going to go out and run a 430 mile, you know, no, that's, that's, that's not what we're talking about here when, when we see this, but, you know, for example, um, within the first few months of when I got back into running, um, toward the start of the pandemic. Um, I was, I was a pretty slow runner at the time, I would say, uh, based on my standards, you know, um, yeah, I was just under 30 minutes in the 5k and, um, you know, I just wanted to get faster. So one, one day after several weeks of training, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go out, I'm going to do a time trial. You know, I went out, ran the first two miles really fast, just kind of bonked at the end. I think my last mile was like 10 35 or something like that. And it ended up being like a 29 minute something, you know, and I was like, man, I was really thinking that I would be in the 27s, you know, so I, I slept on that performance and I was like, you know, I'm going to come out the next day and I'm going to do this again, you know, and this time I'm going to believe it. I'm, you know, and if like, like the quote says, if you believe it, your body will find a way to make it happen. So I believed, and then I came out there and then I ran, I think I ended up running like 27, 19 that next day which was over two minutes faster than what I did the day before for a time trial, you know? So that, that's, that's kind of my experience uh, with it. And, you when know, you it, touched it, on, our bodies are really capable of so much more than what we think they are. And it's all about getting to that right mindset. And that that's when you can really, when you're in the right frame of mind, you can unleash that potential in yourself. Exactly. But and if you're not in that right frame of mind, you're not going to get to where you want to go. Right. Exactly. And when you believe in yourself, you know, it's not just talking about believing in yourself. You have to truly believe in yourself, you know, when you set mm -hmm. these goals out, you know, because then your mind's right, your body's right. You know, uh, you want to arrive to the, the start line, fresh, fit and healthy, you know, so those, those are three big things. Um, but you know, it is, it is all about believing, just like it says, if you believe it, your body will physically find a way to make it happen. And I, and I think many runners uh, can attest to that. So I had a personal experience just this fall with one of the races um, where it was important to get the mind right. Every race is important to get to the mind right. But I woke up one morning, this was the I-35 challenge weekend, um, running back to back half marathons. And on the second day on the Sunday, I remember waking up, I wasn't motivated. I wasn't really in a headspace to run. I was tired, kind of worn out. And I was just, I went in, I woke up with the mindset of, oh, I'm running just to run this. Like I wasn't motivated. I really needed to get in that right 
frame of mind. And that didn't come until I actually got down to the start line area and I began warming up. I found that I find when you block everything out, just take a few moments for yourself and it doesn't need to be meditation, but you block everything out. Like I was closing my eyes while stretching and yeah, I was listening to music, but getting pumped. But the main thing was I was blocking everything out and getting focused on the task at hand. And all of a sudden I was finishing stretching and doing my calisthenics and pickups. And all of a sudden I was absolutely ecstatic for the race and it was in the right frame of mind. No longer was I, oh, I'm just gonna go out and run this. I said, I feel like I can run my best today, even after running yesterday, a hard race. So that's what really about getting the right frame of mind in. Cause I remember those first five miles, I pretty much ran on pure adrenaline and it hardly felt like I raced the day before. So it's amazing what you can accomplish when you get into that right frame of mind. Like that was just, that was probably one of the more powerful experiences I've had from going, I'm not in a good mindset to run today to I'm in the perfect frame of mindset to run and push myself and push my body even after a hard day the other day. So I wholeheartedly believe in that quote. I think it's a great one to stand by and just something for all of us to practice on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. And and you did have some pretty good times. I think what the the first race you ran 137 and the one the next day you went 146. Is that right? Yeah, I probably would have been like a 130 something again that second day had I not just ran into like an Achilles. Blow. Right. But yeah, getting in the right frame of mind like made those first several miles just pain free, easy. You know, you block everything out. You're able to push it. It's just amazing what you can do when you get in that right frame of mindset. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting your mind right and believing that you can do something, that's exactly what our guest Cameron Jordan did uh, when he ran the Oklahoma City Memorial Half Marathon in October. He did not run many miles coming into it, you know, but he 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 was even overachieving a little bit um, based on his description uh, as he was going through the race. And it's just simply because he knew that he could do it. You know, he believed that he could do it and he went out there and he did it. Um, so let's go ahead and take you uh, to our guest uh, for this very first episode of Be the Energy, uh, Cameron Jordan. Now that your blood is pumping and your legs are awake, it's time to up the intensity. On to the workout. All right, Seth, I got to say, I'm pretty excited about our first guest uh, today. Um, he's well known in Oklahoma. He's uh, considered the king of uh, OK preps, uh, as he well should be. Um, he's a talented golfer, and I'm pretty sure he can fish too, but not a lot of people know that he's also a runner. So um, introducing Cameron Jordan, he is the uh, head high school uh, sports writer at the Oklahoman. Cam, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about you guys? I'm doing pretty well. Just uh, still acclimating to the cold weather here in Oklahoma a bit. I know Seth, he's a little bit more adjusted to it being up north in South Dakota. He's, he's used to that kind of weather. But uh, getting out and running in one degree windshields is uh, not easy to do. It's, it takes a lot of willpower to get it done. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's one thing that I've come to find out recently about running is that because I'm still I'm still kind of getting into it. I got more into it recently, but this cold weather is a lot. It's a lot easier on the body. It, it makes it so much easier to run. Uh, but just trying to get your lungs acclimated to that cold air, it's something that I've had to get used to because I was a sprinter, never was a distance person. I could do sprints all day long, but this running and getting using the breathing and 
constantly breathing in the cold air is something to is that I've had to get used to for sure. Yes, and every week I like to do some tempo, some threshold runs, um, you know, which requires a little bit of faster running. And I realized uh, for last week's, it was a lot more difficult uh, to maintain my half marathon goal pace, which is about 750 per mile. And uh, whereas a week before when it was 63 degrees <laughs> around Christmas time, um, it was a lot easier to maintain those paces. So I definitely understand what you're saying there. But uh, uh, let, let's dive right in. So I didn't even know that you were into this whole running thing until this past October when you posted about participating in the Oklahoma City Memorial Half Marathon, which is obviously a big deal, one of the biggest races in Oklahoma. And, uh, and, and you had a very respectful, uh, respectful time of 210, which is very great. And then come to find out you haven't been running that much. Um, so tell me, how exactly did you get into this whole running thing? What made you decide to pull the trigger and say, you know what, I'm going to train for this half marathon? So it's actually kind of funny. Um, I was actually with a Bible study group and there were a bunch of people in it who they weren't expert runners by any means, but they just kind of wanted to run. And back in January last year, they were like, we should sign up for the marathon. And I was like, okay, that seems like something fun to do. I, I was kind of looking for maybe a different sort of challenge and wanted to push myself in an area that I hadn't really done that before yet. And so I go home that night and sign up. I think it was January 26th when I did that. So still eight months out, nine months out from race day. So I knew I had plenty of time to train. So um, that kind of got me into it. And I talked with my best friend that night. Um, he actually lives here really close to where I do. And I was like, Hey, you should, you should do this too. Like we should do it together and run together. And so I got him to sign up. And so it kind of came together like that before we started training for it. I'd never ran more than three miles. Um, so getting to train and doing these longer runs, learning how to pace myself. Cause I would, I was always the person in any sort of distance running that I was full sprint the first half a mile. And then I'd be gassed and learning how to pace yourself and not go too fast and, and keeping with that pace and having good form was all stuff that I had to learn really early on. But yeah, it actually started because of my Bible study group. There are people who are um, sort of getting into races for the first time and 13 can seem like a daunting number. You know, it's double digit miles. Like you said, you'd only done three. What can you say to other people who might be looking for a race, like a 10 mile race or a 13 mile race, try that challenge. What do you say to them about just tackling not getting overwhelmed by a daunting double digit number? Yeah, uh, that's definitely one thing that I saw is, I mean, that's four times and more than four times what I had ever done. Um, it definitely was a little bit intimidating at first, but the biggest thing that I would say is just, you know, you have to train well. Uh, I mean, that's, that's with anything you do, but especially with running, you have to train well. You have to prepare your body. You have to take care of your body. You have to run multiple times a week. You have to run your goal time multiple times a week. You have to do different types of interval training. You have to um, you have to be able to take care of your body when you're doing this stuff too, um, and build it up over time. You can't just get two weeks in before a marathon. You have to you have to put even a half marathon. You have to put uh, three four months into it if you want to hit a goal time or do something like that. But just more training and more long runs uh, that made it really really easy for me. Yeah, and what I really liked about your story, you know, just deciding, you know, almost on a whim, you know, with your friends, like, hey, let's run this, and, and you sign up that night, you know, the Oklahoma City Memor uh, Memorial Half Marathon, it's not cheap, you know, that's that's a race that's, I think, over $100 to register, so, you know, that takes, I mean, what was that like, you know, deciding that you want to run it, and then seeing the, the price attached to that, were, were there any... Uh, were you hesitant at all when you saw that being new to the being new to running? 
really at all um, for a couple of reasons. One, my, my mom is actually, she's kind of been a runner. She's actually ran the Chicago Marathon and has run the Oklahoma City Half in the full um, and has actually got to run a, a couple more places around the country too. So I've seen her run and seen her train and see how she's prepared and, and she always really enjoyed it. She hasn't ran as much in the past couple of years. Then, and then the next thing too was the cause. Um, I knew where all that money was going towards. It was going towards the Memorial Marathon. Um, growing up in Oklahoma my whole life, I, I was born a year after the bombing, but um, grew up. I've, I've been to the memorial. Um, I actually went the morning of and walked through the memorial and, and walked through it all and, and just kind of tried to take it in because I hadn't been down there in, in way too long. Um, but uh, just, just the cause that it was behind, what the money was going towards, what the run was for, that made it not even not even hesitated. I, I saw the price. I knew it was going to be about that um, from what I'd heard and, and done a little bit of research before I fully signed up. But um, it, it, made it, it made the decision really easy just knowing what the money was going toward. And then following up with that, you know, how, how much easier once you did click register and, and, uh, put that money away toward, toward the good cause, how much easier did that make it to train actually knowing that you had that goal set ahead of you? It, it was honestly something that I thought of often because, you know, I, and you guys know this even better than I do. There's, there's up days when you run, there's down days when you run. There were days that I had training runs that were very easy. And there were days when I was a mile into it where I just wanted to stop, wanted to turn around, go home, didn't want to run, but you know, I, a lot of times, and, and this is just, it, again, how I've been growing up in Oklahoma and what I know about the memorial, um, you know, you think about the 168 victims, you think about what happened that day, and you think about the why you're running. Um, it was, uh, like, I don't want to get too far ahead here, but the most powerful moment of that of that day was coming around where you're, like, at 12.8, 12.9. They had posters up lining both sides of the finish line all the way to the finish line, and you look up and see the names of the 168 and they have banners all throughout the course that are constant reminders. When you see the, the, the names and the faces of these people, um, to cross the finish line, it, it really put into perspective why you ran, that it was all, all the training was worth it. But that's definitely something when I was running, just realizing like the why, uh, that definitely helped a ton. Um, because yeah, it, it's hard. There's days that are up, there's days that are down, but the why was, I feel like it's a little bit extra than maybe, than maybe some other marathons would be. For sure. Yeah. That I and in my experiences as well, you know, like when that I think it's very important, especially at the beginning of training blocks, to go ahead and plan out your race schedule because if you don't plan it out ahead of time, then it is it is a lot harder to to get out there, turn the doorknob as I like to say, and get out and run the miles. It's just it's really difficult. But um, hearing that, I I feel like I'm really missing out because I have not run the Oklahoma City races yet, um, even though I grew up down there, and that's really where my running career began was was in high school in the Oklahoma City area, and I still haven't run it. So, but that's that's my goal race uh, this coming April, and I think Seth, you're coming down to Oklahoma City to run it as well, right? Yeah, I'm even wearing the jacket today. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the best races, and Cam really touched on it. Just there's so much history there; it means so much to the state. And just to honor the lives that were lost, and for those who can't run anymore, it's really one of the better races all across the country. Honestly, yeah, I'm re- I'm really looking forward to finally getting out there and uh, kind of representing my my home city in a way, but then also you know I'm really honoring all the all the people who uh, were taken from us way too early back in 1995. Uh, but let's talk about your race a little bit, Cam. Um, obviously, you know, you said that you hadn't run a ton. You know, you trained, but you hadn't done it. So had you not done three mo- three miles before training, or was that throughout training you hadn't you hadn't gone over three miles? I just want to clarify. 
No, that was before training. Okay. Um, I, 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 the longest training run that I did was two weeks before I did a 10-mile run. Okay. Um, but leading up to training, I'd never ran more than three miles in just one run. Okay. So tell us what, what it was like for you throughout the race. Obviously, the half marathon, it's a difficult race to master. I'm still trying to figure out how to master it myself. Um, what was it like for you mentally out there on the course, especially when, you know, the legs really started to hurt, um, and, you know, and the negative voices started to creep in? What, how did you manage to keep on fighting and not drop out of the race? Yeah, you know, it was uh, definitely my, my buddy and I, and I, and I think this is something that I had been told from friends who had run it and my mom, you know, the energy at the start line and the energy right at the start of it, the people cheering you on the sides, like you don't have that when you're training. Like that's super cool when you're running, gets you really amped up, but when you're training, you don't have that. So your adrenaline's really going. I think we um, we train at a 10-minute pace, We and I think the fastest training run that I had was my 10-mile, and it was 10.30. And so I was trying to train for 10-minute pace. I wanted to finish in 2.10. Uh, that was the goal. I figured 10 minutes mile for my first half marathon would be really, really good. Um, and the first five miles we had finished in like 44 minutes and we're, we had turned to the, we had passed the capital and turned North and we're going through some of the neighborhoods, uh, getting to the North side of the half marathon course. And my buddy and I had continued to look at each other through the first half part. We like, we need to slow down. Like we're, <laughs> we're doing really well. We're amped up. We're like, we need to slow down and we're going to be gassed when it comes to the end. Um, and so we slowed it down to a little, a little about nine, 10, nine, 15 pace after that, um, about 10, 15 seconds. And we still caught ourselves in a little bit quick. Um, and then we were actually fortunate that day. Uh, one of the toughest stretches of this course and, and Seth, you'll know this since you've ran it before is the stretch on class. And when you turn back to the South and head towards Oklahoma city, we were fortunate with the race being in October, we actually didn't have a South wind that day, which made it a lot easier. We actually had a little bit of a North wind, but class is about a two and a half mile three mile that's just a very slight up uphill the whole time and, and that was tough when you turn back down it was exciting because you turn back you're going towards the finish line um but it was also like man this is tough and every time you kept going it was just um just kind of drug on and drug on and yeah i got to about mile 11 and i was feeling really well i was breathing strong um we had probably slowed down to about 9 45 by then we were still way ahead of our goal time then all of a sudden i and i've been drinking plenty of fluids the entire race i'd hydrated well um, in the weeks leading up to it. And I never had any issues cramping. All of a sudden, my legs just decided we're going to cramp. Um, and it was honestly some of the worst pain that I've ever, ever been in. Um, but it wasn't to the point where I could stop at that point. I knew it was just mental. Um, that was me uh, growing up playing a ton of sports and everything. It was like, I, I know that I can run. I knew that I wasn't going to push it past. I knew the point that if I pushed it past, it would be bad. And so I slowed down to about, I think it was like 10 45. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I think I'll still hit my goal time. Um, I felt bad for my friend. He dropped back and stayed with me and ran and everything. And I felt bad to slow him down a little bit. But um, once I got to, like I said, once I got to where the round corner was to where the finish line was and saw the signs and the faces, it really, uh, I, I don't even remember feeling my legs. I, I've turned on full sprint. I, I wanted to sprint the finish line the entire time training. I practiced that every single time at the end of my run, sprinting the finish and and did that, and as soon as I stopped running, got some water in me, my legs were fine. So um, I knew it was more of a mental thing. But, yeah, definitely don't ever want to have that pain again. It wasn't fun. <laughs> but uh, as soon as you cross that finish line, man, just the euphoria that takes over was was incredible. Yeah. And, and Seth, can and you – I think with all the – I think with all the faces there and all the posters at the finish line, like that's one of the more exhilarating finishes. It's like – it seemed like for you just – all the pain in the legs, the cramping, it just seemed to all 
go away just there for a second so you could soak it in and you could push it and it's kind of an amazing thing where all that stuff just gets blocked out all of a sudden absolutely yeah it's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people lying on the sides of the course at the end and they're cheering and but you're not paying attention to that you're it's mm-hmm. it's tunnel vision and it was weird and it's weird that you described it like that because i haven't really thought back to that moment a lot but it was tunnel vision i, I saw the finish line uh, my buddy was right next to me you're looking side to side there's hundreds of people they're cheering it's really really loud down there there's music playing past the finish line but all you're looking at is at the faces and you see the finish line and you just tunnel in and you're like, that's, that's my goal. That's everything that I've done up to this point was to get to right there. And there it is. And just kind of lock in it. It kind of hits you again, the importance of why you ran that, all that starts flashing back through you. And it's just, like I said, a really euphoric moment. It was, it was something that I'll never forget. And one thing that you mentioned quite a bit there is the paces that you were running. Did you have a smartwatch? You know, obviously a lot, a lot of very experienced runners they had, they had that smartwatch, the Garmin's, you know, and stuff like that. How did you keep track of uh, of how fast you were going throughout the race? So I, I have an Apple Watch, and I wasn't keeping my time on that. I meant to start it right as we crossed the finish line, but I had an app on my phone, and I and I just happened to run with my phone in my hand. I had phone in one hand and the other one free. Um, and I had an app on my phone that's, um, that I tracked. I usually track all my runs on. And every half mile or so, we'd occasionally just open it and check it real quick and see what our average pace was. And <laughs> they'd be like, hey, we're going a little bit fast. need to slow down. Never once said we need to speed up. It was always slow down, slow down, <laughs> slow down. So, which I guess is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always, you know, that, the one thing that always killed me when I was a high school runner, and I was faster then than I am now, but I feel like now I'm a better runner just simply because, you know, I'm, I'm better at pacing. And that has a lot to do with the technology because in high school, I didn't have the, the watch and everything to tell me how fast I was going. You know, so I would always take off in those 5K races and totally die at the end, you know. But now I pay really close attention to my watch at the within the first mile, make sure I'm not going out because that adrenaline really gets you, you know, and you feels like you're running slow, but you're really almost going uh, VO2 max or faster sometimes in that opening mile. So... You know, it's really important to pay attention to those kind of things and make sure that you're not going to die, especially in a half marathon race. But it sounded like the you had it. You had a good. You had a good plan. You're you're following it. And I mean, like I said, very respectable time that you were able to uh, get 210 for your first one. I mean, my first one was 228. So I mean, you 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 knocked my first time out of the water. So I know that. Uh, yeah, and you're you're still within the training uh, rhythm, and you're going for Oklahoma City, so that's going to be really interesting to see how much you progress. But uh, I believe you said that you're you're dealing with a knee injury, uh, so so tell us a little bit about that. How long has how long has that been ailing you? Yeah, today's actually the first day that I ran since late October that I haven't had any knee pain. Um, I I bought a new pair of shoes over the weekend and and ran with a, a patella a patella band just to use that. I, I don't know exactly what happened, but I was running. I took a couple weeks off after the half and just kind of relaxed and didn't run much and ran a couple times. In the second one, um, I started feeling some knee pain in my right knee while I kept running on it, and it bugged me for like a week and a half after. So I took a couple weeks off, started running again, and after I got to about a mile and a half, uh, my knee started bugging me again when I started running. So I, I shut it down, and um, and then a week and a half ago, I, again, started picking it up again, knowing the training was getting close. and. Once I got to about that mile and a half point, um, my knee started bugging me. And so I started doing some research and everything. And um, it was definitely my patella my patella tendon on my right side. Um, I was worried that I possibly had damaged it and was going to have to go see a doctor. But um, obviously, knock on wood, 
Um, I bought some new shoes. My shoes had about 450, if not a little bit more miles on them. And that's something that I've come to learn about running is like your shoes have a mileage. And I've had these shoes for three, four, five years. And um, I've actually weighed nearly 45 pounds more at the beginning of running these shoes. And I heard that can even take extra, a little bit of extra miles off. Um, and so they were, they were definitely past their time. I was going to buy a new pair before this next race, but didn't realize how soon I'd need them. Uh, so I bought a pair of on clouds and cause I had been running in Brooks, their ghost shoes and loved them. Uh, but bought, got a pair of on clouds, tried those on and they were fantastic. I liked them a little bit better than the Brooks and ran them today for the first time. So I thought to break them in a little bit, but they felt really good. And, uh, my body felt really, really good after just doing two miles today. I didn't have any pain and that was really encouraging. Um, still going to take it cautious probably these next couple of weeks and try to make sure that there's really nothing wrong and get back into it before I start doing a little bit longer distance runs. But um, knock on wood, it was just a, a shoe problem, and, and that's taken care of now. Yeah, and, and Seth, uh, I know that, uh, for, well, fortunately for me, I have not dealt with uh, many injuries, but Seth, I know that you've been really going through quite a bit. Um, uh, what advice do you have for, for Cam uh, when it comes to dealing with those kind of injuries? Um, the best thing is just listen to your body, I think. Um, what Cam hinted at, he's already been doing that and taking the little steps, like knowing when to get new shoes. There's so many little things that can pop up with injuries, um, especially with the knees area. He mentioned the patella, like I've been having IT band issues, which both injuries are really common for several runners. It just, the pounding of the pavement, just little things can take its toll over time. Um, but the biggest thing is just listening to your body and even when you're in the midst of a training cycle, um, you have to understand that some days you need to rest and take a step back, and it's important to get to the start line healthy. You want to be prepared, but you also want to be healthy. So um, just it's important to listen to your body at the end of the day. That's the biggest advice you can take. And then um, read online sources. You know, Cam had talked about he had done some research. I think that's the most important thing. There's so much good information out there from other runners and doctors and physical therapists who you can seek um, answers for whatever you're dealing with. But yeah, the biggest thing is just listening to your body. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, and, and I especially like that you said that you, you dialed back a little bit, you know, you took some time off once you realized it was really bugging you because sometimes it really is okay to detrain, you know, and that's something that I've really learned too. After the route 66 half marathon, you know, like I was just spent and my body was saying like, no, you know, you need to take it off for a little while. And I, I would, I would go out for just a couple of runs and, you know, I just was not feeling it. You know, the, the paces were feeling a lot harder than they should have been. I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I need to feel that itch to get back into it. And, uh, and, and eventually I, I think about three or four weeks later, it, it, it finally hit me and now I'm full back into it. Now I'm feeling that itch every single day to get back out there and, and train and my fitness is already back that's the good thing about it you know um about detraining is that once you've already built that base it's really easy to get it back so it's good to hear that can that you're really getting back into it uh same with you seth you know the fact that uh, you were dealing with an achilles injury you were dealing with a knee injury and you went out and ran the dallas marathon what three weeks after the route 66 half so <laughs> um you know it, it it's just good you know, to soak up the training, rest, especially if you have injuries. Um, but uh, so, Cam, what what is your training plan look like now? You said that you ch- that you just started up again. 
what are some of the run run types that you have planned out so far, especially early on in this training block? Yeah, you know, so um, I kind of the way that I the way that my training schedule goes out, I always do my long run on Sundays. Um, that's my plan, and then I usually have Saturdays as kind of a sometimes a short run day, sometimes just a stretch day, uh, just to get my body back in shape. And then Mondays is, is a is a rest day as well. Um, Tuesdays and Fridays are just kind of normal runs. I just try to run it um, anywhere between usually three and six miles at a, at a good solid pace. Um, obviously, right now a little bit shorter on the side, and, and I'll work up is get more into this training program. And then Wednesdays, it's a little bit of um, I do some interval training on Wednesdays. Um, I don't know the exact. Uh, I'll do some where you run a little bit quicker in your pace time for a minute, run a little bit slower than for a minute, just kind of do some interval training like that. Also do some training where if it's a three-mile run, the first mile is is way off pace. It's a little bit slower. The second mile is 30 seconds to a minute faster than your pace, and then the third mile is slow again. Um, just a couple little different things in there to try to try to keep it. Um, I, I'd also do some pickups in there where run a three-mile run, four-mile run, five-mile run with a minute, two-minute, pickups five or six times and, and increase those as, as we'll get further on into the program and then um, just have longer runs on Sundays that are trying to keep pace time and uh, go anywhere I think the one that I was supposed to do last week was five and then I had six this week but obviously I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna kind of scale back and reshape that plan just a little bit but hopefully here in about two weeks be fully back on to my original plan that I had typed out and, and going from there but yeah so usually four times a week sometimes five running um I'm in the gym too, four to five times a week as well. And I always try to do my leg day on an off running day just so I'm not overdoing it. But, um, especially on my rest days and I'm not running, doing, um, rest and rehabilitation. I'm trying to make sure and be really good with my knee and ice it all the time. Just, I'd rather be overprotective of it just to make sure that it's good. Um, like I said, I want to be hundred percent kind of April 24th. That's the main goal is to be hundred percent then. Um, but yeah, just, just trying to stick more to this training program than even I did in the, in the, uh, in the fall, just to make sure that I can try to get my goal time. Yeah, and, and I, I like that training plan a lot. It sounds like, you know, for one, you know exactly what, what what to look forward to because you have to have a vision, you have to know where you're going, I feel like, to be successful. And um, it sounds like that you have that. So, and like I said, I'm just I'm just really looking forward to, uh, to for one, racing with you uh, come this April, you know, racing with both of you. Um, I've raced with Seth before, obviously, Um uh, but uh, you know, being able to run with you, see see how you progress. Um, I, you might have me looking over my shoulder a little bit because I have no idea exactly how 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 talented you are. But uh, the two ten is definitely something that you should be proud of um, after that first one. But um, Seth, did you have it? Did you have any other questions for for Cam before we get out of here? Yeah, uh, Cameron, just back to the race a little bit. Um, I just want to bring up a thing about hydrating um, as a for your first race ever, hydrating can be a really tricky thing for a lot of runners, especially in race. And it's, it's not a science, but people have different things that work for them. What did you find that worked for you the first time? What didn't work? What was the most difficult thing about it? What advice do you have sort of for other first time racers? Because there's so many aid stations and it's tricky to hydrate on the go or even just stop for three or five seconds. Some people like myself, like I'm pretty much splashing it on myself. I don't get much down. Just what was your reaction to that whole, all the aid stations and how to hydrate properly on the go? That's, that's actually a good, that's actually a good question. I had to, uh, 
I had to figure it out quickly because um, I uh, the first aid station was like a mile and a half point, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think I made a, a promise to myself. So during my training, I usually I would carry a twenty ounce water bottle, and I usually try not to touch it till the halfway point. And I didn't stick to that always. Like I just try to go slow spurts, never take too big of a drink, but I'd always try to make it last the entire duration of the run because I mm-hmm. I've I hydrated really well, and that's something that I really focused on was trying to hydrate as well as possible. Um, before my run, so that way during it, I was taken care of. Now, you're going to drink a lot of water when you're done, but um, I also, before the race, I looked at the map, and there were, I believe, 11 hydration stations in the 13.1. And I told myself, if you can have, I mean, with how well you train, you probably don't need a cup at every one, but um, I actually, I had, I grabbed a cup of water at every single station. Um, even a couple in the last three, four miles, and especially when my, my legs were cramping up, I grabbed, a, I grabbed some Powerade and some water, um, and I would, I never stopped drink and go, I would, I would grab them on the run. I definitely understand what you say. I think my first cup of water was halfway down my shirt. Um, <laughs> but I, I would slow down a little bit, get my water in throw the cup and, and get going. Um, but yeah, hydration is so important. I, uh, um, it's so important. I was, uh, um, I, I like to think that I was really well hydrated going in. I probably could have been a little bit better, especially with what my legs were, but um, I ended up getting water at every single station. That's probably something that I'll just continue to do down the road unless I can, unless I'm trying to really set a super low time or anything. My, my goal for the April marathon is just under two hours. Um, if I can do that, I'll be thrilled. Um, and, but the big thing is if you see water and you need it, grab it. Um, even if it doesn't get all the way down, uh, that's something that I think really helped me out is, is I got water at every single station. Um, I felt hydrated when the race ended. I didn't feel as if my body was just achy or terribly tired. And I think that I hydrated well during the run. Uh, there's also um, Powerade too. And I, I would sometimes alternate water for Powerade and vice versa. But um, yeah, hydration was super important. Um, I, I, but I found myself grabbing water at every single stop. So, And just to piggyback off of that a little bit, did you take any nutrition while you were running? Because that is a big thing in distance running, especially races like the half marathon and the full you know, to, to take in nutrition to, you know, so then you, your legs don't bonk on you. Um, did you take anything in food wise, uh, nutrition gel wise, along with your water? I, I took some, I took some energy chews and I kind of spaced those out. I took it, it's, uh, two and a half, five, seven and a half and 10 miles, um, just to try to space it out a little bit. Um, and honestly, looking back at it, how much did those help? I don't know. That's actually something that I want to try to improve on a little bit for this run is um trying to find a different gel or trying to find a little snack that i can have i know they were handing out some pretzels and stuff and there were bananas at some point um i don't know how much i like eating a banana when i run i thought about (laughs) possibly trying that out just because i'm a fan of bananas but when i'm running i don't know um but that's definitely something that i think is i want to work on during this training um and getting ready for the april run is trying to figure out a, a, some better ways to to get better nutrition i think my hydration is good but i think i can definitely have my nutrition stronger um for, the, for this coming run i think your nutrition plan that you had is a lot stronger than what i've been able to do that's the one thing that i think has really held me back in my half marathon journeys is is the nutrition for some reason i'm not i can't uh hold them down very well and seth knows this uh in the route 66 my goal uh, was 142, and I was on pace uh, for it, I think, through nine miles. And then after that, you know, I, I started to feel the energy drain, and I was like, I know that I'm in shape for it, you know, I'll, t- I'll start taking some of my gels. I couldn't hold down the gel. So I just kind of had to 
survived those last four or five miles with no nutrition and, and, and barely any any water either just because, you know, I, I felt like I was going to throw it up. And that ended up costing me about four minutes at the end. So um, it sounds like you were able to take a lot. So that maybe I might have to take uh, that advice from you and maybe start taking some earlier on in the race and, and not let myself get to that point where I'm so exhausted. Um, so I, I really like the way you did it. I think I think that's a good plan. That's great, though, that your hydration went well for the first one, because I know that can be a little stressful. Just there's so much going on at the aid stations. You're shuffling in and out of people. You're trying to grab stuff on the go. It can be a hectic thing. So I'm glad you found a strategy that kind of worked on the fly. <laughs> That's not an easy thing for your first race ever. Yeah. Like, and during those big races, anyways. And I hate aid stations personally, so I always bring my, my handheld uh, water bottle that attaches to my hand so I don't have to go through stop at the aid stations but i know a lot of people like the aid stations and, and and power to them for it but um i think that i think that just about uh does it does it for us here seth is there anything else that you wanted to uh, to ask cameron cameron is nope. there anything else that you wanted to uh to add about about your running experience anything that you want to touch on that we might have missed uh, no, I just, I, I encourage anyone who's looking at getting into running, um, just go do it. Go, go find a buddy, go find a park, go find somewhere, start with a mile, two miles, just go run. Um, turn on some music. Don't run with music, clear thoughts. Just, just go run and enjoy it. Um, running is really fun. Um, it's a challenge. It's something for me that obviously can't, can't play football anymore. Can't do a lot of other sports, but running is something that's been good for, for physical health. It's good for mental health. And it's something that I've really enjoyed. So I just encourage anybody who's looking at maybe trying to find a hobby or just to try out running. Even if you don't run fast, even if you just go jog or, or do something like that, I definitely recommend going and getting out and going jogging a local trail or, or running around and, and possibly setting yourself up to do a half marathon yourself or a full marathon one day. For sure. And and, and that, that made me th- think of one more question, actually. You know, like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, people consider you the king of Oklahoma high school sports. You know, you do a great job there at the Oklahoma and making sure everybody gets covered. You just came out with the All-State football teams, which is a phenomenal list, as always. Um, how do you make the time to get these miles in when, you know, you have the entire state to cover high school sports, all these sports, but yet you still have the time to, to get the miles in? What time do you do your workouts? So normally, so today I actually, I, I ran at about four o'clock and then went to the gym at about five. Um, and, and I don't like doing that. Um, I actually, and it doesn't work this way at all. And, and you guys know this from, cause high school sports happen at night. Um, but normally I'm getting up at, at six, six thirty in the morning and going and running and then, and then working out and trying to finish up by about nine or so. Um, just because I try to get it done. So that way I'm done with all my workouts and stuff. Then I have the rest of the day to myself. Um, Obviously, some days when you have state basketball tournaments or, or football games, you have to adjust your schedule a little bit and figure out what works. Some days you may have to get a couple workouts in a day or may have to skip one of your medium runs and, and whatnot. But uh, it's fortunate that Sundays are kind of like an quote-unquote off day um, and that you're able to get long runs in then. But, yeah, just usually the mornings, I try to go in the mornings just because that's when I have an open schedule. Um, I'm not calling anybody in the mornings. I can usually get up get all that stuff done and, and sometimes it definitely leads to a really strong afternoon nap but um <laughs> yeah the mornings <laughs> is when i try to get my workouts in all right well cam uh, we really appreciate you coming on uh, th- this podcast has been a, a long time coming seth and i have been talking about it for a long time and and your name was the first one to come up you know honestly because you know obviously we don't want to be trying to pull in professional runners you know 
what we want people to be inspired by, you know, just the regular runners like all three of us, you know, the people who have like these incredible stories as to how they got into it and how and how they keep motivated. And I think that you really provided a lot of good info uh, for anybody who's listening to this who might be on the fence about starting to run or signing up for a half marathon. I think you brought a lot of good uh, a lot of good to them and hopefully that'll help inspire people to get going and that's really what this podcast is all about is inspiring people to get out and do what they've been wanting to do all this time get out there and run um, regardless of how fast you are so um, we just appreciate it um, and uh, that'll do it thank you so much Cameron. thank you guys obviously some great info um inspiring stories uh there from cameron um you know that that hopefully a lot of people can take you know that you know you don't always have to be a super trainer you know you don't have to have the best shoes or anything like that you know or even like the best nutrition or hydration plans you know you just go out there and run and uh cameron showed that uh that it is possible you know so anybody who's out there on the fence you know who who really wants to get out there and and start running and, and possibly run a half marathon you know uh, take it from Cameron. It is possible. So, um, but, uh, but with all that said, uh, let, let's go ahead and uh, get into our cool down. Now let your body relax and unwind as Kevin and Seth take you through the cool down. All right. So what we want to talk about today to close it out, um, you know, we both have race racing fever. Uh, you know, we, we both <laughs> ran a lot of races uh, in 2021 um, I know Seth ran a lot back to back to back. And so did I not as long distance as, as Seth did, but um, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot to choose from. So we're going to go ahead and give you guys our top three races. Um, and, you know, they don't even have to necessarily be our fastest races, you know, just our most memorable races, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that stick out in our mind, you know, um, what Good do we recommendation for the future too? It, exactly. Exactly. So Seth, I'll, I'll let you get started. Um, Yeah, do you want to alternate these back and forth here? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So my most memorable race of 2021, I actually didn't get back into racing until the fall. I think a lot of runners are like this. You know, it's been weird with the pandemic and racing. You know, racing basically was non-existent for about a year slash it was virtual. In-person races really started to pick up this year. I didn't get back into the flow of it till about the back end of the year, till fall racing season and. Kevin can attest to this, but fall racing season is obviously one of the best. There's a lot of great marathons out there, cool weather, just a lot of great things. And one of my favorite ones over the years that I've done for several years is the Kansas City Marathon. And that was top one on the bucket list um, this year for myself. I did the half. It was the front end of the Interstate 35 Challenge where people from the Kansas City run Kansas City one day, Des Moines the next day. So you do two half marathons or a combination of marathon, half marathon. Some people do back-to-back fulls. I just did the back-to-back half this year, but my most memorable race in the fall was the KC half to start the I-35 challenge off. Ran it with a couple um, really close friends of mine who live in the Kansas City area. It's one of the better races, in my opinion, in the entire Midwest. Um, The course changed a couple years ago, got a little hilly. this is my first year and I think two or three years running it, but it was great being back um, running the Kansas city course. I came in having just gotten back from Utah altitude training, not really sure what to expect. I felt I was prepared, didn't know 
how quite well I would do. And I surprised myself and had a great race. But the more important thing was just, I had a blast racing again. It was the first race back in over two years for me after some injuries. So I was just thrilled to run Kansas City and um, kick off the I-35 challenge. So Kevin, what's your top race? Of the year? Um, I would say I'm going to start at the bottom of the list. Um, number three, my third favorite race was the Run the Rails 5K and uh, in the town I live in, Skyatook, Oklahoma, um, just because I feel like I almost ran a perfect race for me. Um, you know, I was extremely confident because where the course was, I run, I run on that every single day, pretty much, you know, so I knew, you know, cause a lot of times in races, you know, like you don't exactly know unless you, in, t- unless you take a deep dive into the course profile, the course map beforehand, you know, sometimes you don't necessarily know where all the turns are, you know, or, you know, what, what everything is going to be like, you know, hills and stuff like that. But in this case, I knew exactly what to expect. I knew exactly like what my surroundings would be like, especially at the turnaround point, you know? So I was like, Oh, you know, like that's not that far away. You know, I, I know exactly where I'm going. I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to st- step it up here and, and do what I can do. And I ended up finishing second overall. There wasn't a ton of people in, in that race. I think there was maybe 29 people overall. It was, a, it was a really small race, but uh, I got second. Still silver um, medal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 21:43 was my time. And, uh, the guy who won, um, he, he was a, uh, triathlete, um, who's, who's training for the, uh, Tulsa Ironman, uh, that's now, uh, coming up this year. And he beat me by 20 seconds, I think exactly. Um, so, but yeah, I just felt so confident in that race. Um, the weather was perfect. It was at the end of September. I think that, I think at race time, it was 50 degrees. I mean, like you can't ask for better racing weather than that. Um, not too cold, not too hot. Um, I, I just had all the confidence in the world and went out there. Um, and this was like the first time since I had started running in March of 2020 that I ran consecutive miles under seven minutes. I think I started around seven seventeen, and then I went, uh, in the six forties. And then my next one was, uh, in the six fifties. So I, w- I was, I was really proud of that, that I was able to do that because my goal coming in, I hadn't run a 5k in quite some time. And, uh, you know, honestly, I was just hoping to get like 22 30 and that was, that's where, that's what I was pacing for. And about the first, the first mile, you know, but I just felt really good. I felt confident going into that second mile, you know, it's like, I always die out in, on that third mile. I know a lot of people want that third mile to be the fastest, but I was like, I feel like I'm at my strongest in that second mile. So I made the second mile, my strongest mile. And, um, and then I realized from there, you know, I was, I wasn't giving myself enough credit. I was a little faster than I thought I was and ended up beating, um, uh, my modern PR at the time, I think by a minute and eight seconds. Uh, cause er- earlier in the year, last year in May was the previous, 5k that I had run so it's been it had been several months at that point and then and then that one I think I ran 2251 so I was able to go down from 2251 to uh 2143 so I yeah that the run the rails 5k and sky took um definitely uh one of my top three number three on my list love it um so we'll meet in the middle here since I'm going opposite of you. Um, my number two on the list is um, the Dallas Bull Marathon, which actually just happened about a month ago, mid-December. Um, this is a race that I actually did once a few years back when you and I were working in Oklahoma together. I hadn't ran Dallas 
I've been down to Dallas since then, have not been back to run Dallas or even run a full since that point. I told myself after the last full, I was going to wait till my body was fully ready and as fully healthy as it could feel um, injury-wise coming in. And I actually reached that point where I was in tremendous shape coming in. But the reason why this was such a memorable race for me was just getting back out and doing the full again. Fulls are tricky, as a lot of people know. And anytime you step out there, it's like anything can happen, um, regardless of how well you're trained. But it's such an exhilarating race. It's such a rewarding race. So just being back doing the full again, the full 26 miles was truly special. And doing it in a place like Dallas, which is a great city that you and I have spent quite a bit of time in, um, it's just a remarkable place. can ask for um, a better run. So my wheels kind of fell off the track about 17 miles in. <laughs> um, but, you know, through the first half, you know, I was thinking, and even going in, I was like, I think I can run a 315 to 320 today. And that was looking manageable. And then the wheels kind of came off the wagon. But truly a remarkable race. It was the 50th anniversary down there. There was over 28,000 runners total for all the races the entire weekend. So tons of people got to talk to and chat up along the way. It was just a really fun, fun weekend and really cool medals. And it actually BMW sponsors the race. And since I've left journalism, I now work in automotive, digital automotive marketing. And actually I have a ton of clients who I work with who are BMW. So it's kind of cool seeing all the official race vehicles out there and um, really get to see BMW up close like that. But BMW Dallas Marathon, tremendous race. If you're ever looking for a full that's in the, or a half that's in the winter, that's nice and cool. Um, it's a perfect race for you. So, yeah. All right. And, and what was it? The Dallas morning news got a pretty good shot of you stretching out. Um, yeah, right. I was cramping about around white rock Lake and um, a Dallas morning news photographer. They had a couple spread across the course and he saw me stretching out a cramp and got quite the shot of me. That was actually shot number two of the fall that a major newspaper got of me. So it's kind of crazy. I've been kind of in the spotlight. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you are pretty tall, so you you kind of stick out yeah. among the crowd like sometimes. A sore, like a sore thumb. Except the except in that Dallas and except in that Dallas one, you were you were crouched down, stretching stretching your calf, I think, or so. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah. All in all, this is a super fun race. What's your number two? My number two is the T Town Half Marathon in Tulsa on March twenty seventh. Um, this was just, it was even remarkable that I was even able to run this race because originally I wasn't going to, because my daughter Ivy, that was going to be around her due date when she was supposed to be coming. So I wasn't going to register um, because, you know, I don't want to be in the middle of a half marathon and get a call from my wife saying that she's in labor, you know, and then I have to abandon the race, you know? So I was like, I'm just not, not going to register about. for it, you know, but uh, my daughter actually ended up coming um, about three weeks early. Um, so, so she got born, you know, we, we got to take her home and everything and, and she was healthy, uh, despite being born so early and that opened up the schedule a little bit for that, for that March 27th date. And I was able to, uh, get in on it. And that was, that was my new PR at the time I ended up running. I've, I ran two half marathons faster than that after that, but I finished in uh one I think my time was, and 
I think this was, even though it's not my fastest half marathon of 2021, I think it might've been my most well run because I mean, I almost ran negative splits every single mile. Like my, my mm. slowest mile of the entire race was the first mile. And that was nine 11. And then after that, I got faster every time, except for, let's see, I, I'm, I'm looking at it right here. I pretty much ran negative split. Actually, I did run a negative split for every mile except mile 12. And that's because um, it, for people who live in the Tulsa area who run downtown know um, near the BOK Center is uh, what they call Hospital Hill. And it's just a really steep hill. And that ended up uh, really slowing me down a lot. And that pushed me down to an 831 uh, mile. But then I went right back down, uh, sped back up and it, it was just the perfect, it was just the perfect race, um, that I ran, um, that I ran that day. And I'm glad that I was able to run it. It was, it was a special day. I even beat my, uh, my coach at the time who, who was my uh, coach in fleet feet. Um, I, I passed him around mile 10. So I was really proud of that. Um, it, overall, it was just a really good day and still looking at it. I'm still amazed that I was able to get a negative split every for all 13 miles, except one. I mean, that, that, that's just phenomenal. And that was only my second half marathon ever at that, at that point. So, um, and it was also really cool because I, that knocked my PR down from like 228 to 155 in one go, you know, with only four, with only four months between them. So, um, so yeah, I was I was really proud of that one, uh, in particular. Yeah, are great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I haven't been able to replicate that since because you know I've gotten faster and it's harder to maintain those faster paces. So, but uh, he really wanted you to run that one, man. Yeah, yeah. So what is your what is your last favorite one of twenty twenty one? Yeah, um, this is actually Route sixty six um, in Tulsa, doing the Route sixty six half with you and. For me, I love races in general, but racing with friends is race weekends with friends is just an entire different ball game. It's so much fun. It's, in my opinion, some of the most fun most fun I have like throughout the year is certain race weekends with friends, just hanging out with your running pals, um, being able to run together, just sharing the memories. Um, it means a lot and for you and I, we hadn't seen each other actually since I left Oklahoma. So it had been a hot minute. And so Over two years, I think. The, yeah. And then with the pandemic too, I mean, we probably would have seen each other had it not been for that before then, but it just meant a lot for us to like hang out again because we're really close buds. Um, and then I got to meet Ivy who I had yet to meet. Um, so like even as special as the race was, it was more special just getting to spend that fellowship time as bros together. Um, and as for the race itself, um, pretty cool race. You know, you and I kind of started off together and I, we had kind of talked about this, like, oh, we're going to run the first five. And I just got the itching fever in my legs, like that first mile. I remember, like, I just was like, Kevin, I got to shoot out of a cannon. Like, <clears throat> my legs are ready to go today. <laughs> And I knew you would and, do that. <laughs> yeah. And it was a perfect weather day for us to start too. So like I was, I just began flying. I felt so comfortable. Then I was cruising in the sixes mid race and felt good. And then all of a sudden, like we got down around the Arkansas river, you know, when it, the course turns along the riverbanks and just a brutal headwind. And I still ended up running really well, but 
you and I both know like how much that headwind slowed so many runners um, down. But up until that point, it was a, you know, was just cruising. It was, it felt like I was running my best race at the fall. So that's why this is also on the list. But yeah, Route 66, incredible race, cool atmosphere. It's obviously a bummer they didn't have the medals this year. Yeah. I'm not saying that's why it's down at number three. That's not we got it at them. All. Yeah, but we got we them eventually. eventually. Yeah, yeah. But it was kind of a bummer not having them the day of, because in my opinion, that's kind of one of the only times getting your medal matters is having yeah. on race day, having around. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Route 66 was such a cool race overall. Um, I've ran that half multiple times this year. Um, for me personally, it was more special than it has been in the past so just a great bro weekend overall it was great to spend time with you so yeah and speaking of that headwind you know we we got totally you know thrown off guard because at the start of the race the wind was coming out of the south so we were like okay the whole second half we're gonna have the wind Mm -hmm. at our back but then it switched directions so then we started heading uh, back north on riverside the wind was coming from the north so we just the whole race was basically into the wind which, uh, mm. which, which really sucked, especially since, you know, about after mile nine, I started developing some, uh, some issues, uh, stomach wise, and I wasn't really able to hold down any nutrition or anything like that. So I just totally bonked, you know, because of the wind and because of my inability to take in nutrition. So that, that's the only thing that, ha- that held route 66 off of my list, just because that mm-hmm. those last four miles were just so brutal for me. <laughs> I, I mean, I still rough. ran a PR. I, that, that was still my best race. Um, I ran, uh, and I think it was by pretty much exactly five. It was an exactly five-minute PR. Uh, so, I mean, a really good race for me by my standards. I didn't get my goal because I do feel like I'm in 142 shape, um, but yeah, I ended up running that, 146. That actually says a lot about these lists. Like, these lists are not PR-based at all. You know, it's about the memories you make. It's about having fun what really sticks out to you like about the race it's racing is far more than just what your time is exactly um, and i think tulsa not making a list for you despite it being your fastest time since getting back into this says a lot so yeah and and you know like like you mentioned you know the fellowship and, and us getting to hang out um mm-hmm. uh, that weekend that that is that is you know i'm not trying to discount that at all you know, that, oh, yeah, that, yeah. No, that was great. Sure. That that was great. But when, when I was making my list, I was more pure thinking about like how I felt during the race and how I felt afterward, you know? So even though I had the five minute PR, I was still a little bit disappointed, you know, because I felt like yeah. I could have still gone I remember, faster. I remember you coming in and like, not that you looked like death, but I could tell you felt like death, just like the body language, the whole works. It was, it was bad. You're having a rough go at the end. There. It was bad. And then it started getting really cold there too, you know, cause you cool off yeah. really quick and it was windy mm-hmm. and they gave us like these little blanket things to put on, but it was hard to keep them on because the wind was blowing. We had food and drinks in our hands. So we, could, you know, it was, it was just crazy, but it, it was, a, it was a good time, but I definitely out for uh, redemption, uh, come uh november this year when when, when i also, run it again also tulsa's beer line very disappointing <laughs> <laughs> like you and i are not like the super alcohol post-race beer types but some people are and if they had to judge off that people would be very disappointed a lot of races do post beer uh drinks a lot better than that so. yeah because you were hoping for a can right and they only had cups yeah, like small little cups, but yeah. 
Yeah. Tulsa, Tulsa is great though overall. Um, it just we had there were some hiccups there this year. So yeah. Well, I guess that's that your top one. That I guess that brings me to my number one, and I talked about it a little bit earlier. It was the uh, one mile uh, stroller derby. It was hosted by uh, Lincoln Christian, which is a high school here in um, in Tulsa. And it, it was just, you know, sometimes things go wrong on race day, you know, and just going back mm-hmm. to route 66 real quick, you know, you remember we left the house mm-hmm. that morning, you know, and I checked my bag and I was like, okay, I have all four of my uh, pins in here, you know, for my bib. And then w- mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason, when we got there, there were only two in my bag. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me, you know? Well, and something, something similar kind of happened on this day. You know, first I went on a, uh, on a training run with my group, uh, my fleet feet group that earlier that morning, I think we ran eight miles or something like that. Then I drove back home 30 minutes, had to get, had to get my uh, daughter ready, had to, had to get uh, Kelsey going in the morning, my wife. Um, and then we drove uh, all the way to the other side of Tulsa from sky took to get there. And they started the race two minutes early, which really made me mad because I had, I got there on time, got my bib. And as I'm walking up to the start line with, with Ivy in the stroller and she's five months at the time, um, you know, they start to race and I'm like, oh, come on, you know? So at, at this point I had to get in behind everybody else and there's other strollers, but a lot of them were walking, you know? So I'm like trying to zigzag through everybody um, because this was, this was like two races going on at once. It was a regular one mile run, like a one mile fun run. And then it was the one mile stroller derby. So I was like zigzagging around people and um, ended up getting past everybody. And then I found myself in second place overall, but the number one stroller. And uh, and then to come in at 636, you know, despite like the really quick start, not having time to stretch or anything, you know, just going out there and doing it with my daughter. Um, that, that was just really special and something cool, that man. I'm yeah. something that I'm going to remember for a while because um, a month before that race, because this was in August, um, we had run a 5k stroller race together, uh, in downtown Tulsa. And, it, and it's a really big race. Um, and we placed fourth, uh, out of all the people, uh, running with strollers. So that was, that was a really fun time, uh, for us as well. So, and, and now she's a little older, so now she doesn't have to, um, ride in the stroller with the kind of like the connector thing at the time. I don't really know how to describe it, but you know, when, when they're young, when kids are younger than eight months old. Uh, you have to uh, put them in a special thing to be able to run with them in a stroller. But now, you know, she gets to sit in the stroller regularly, you know, so I'm excited to get into another race with her. And She wants uh, to go fast with dad. Exactly, yeah. And, I, and I'm really excited for to see uh, photographer pictures of us crossing the finish line <laughs> and out on the course because that would be really cool. See, see what her reactions are like because, um, you know, you couldn't get that with her in her little uh, car seat. Um connector thing that that she had to ride in but uh, because she was facing me so obviously the photographer wouldn't be able to see her but uh yeah just really excited um about that race and how how it went down we won it together you know so um i considered that a, a win for her you know not not necessarily a win for me but a win for her and something that you know we can look back together on when, when she gets older yeah. uh, and say like hey you know we ran this together and we won you know me and you so hopefully, hopefully she'll be a runner when she grows up, you know, but not something I'm going to force on her, but hopefully, you know, 
the the more she uh, goes on runs with me, the more she'll want to actually get out and run herself when she's old enough. So that that's the one that's the one that stuck out to me as as my most favorite. The the shortest race I ran I ran, but uh, by far my favorite. Just just because of uh, who I, the company I was with, you know, running with, mm-hmm. running with a stroller, running that fast and, uh, and doing it with my daughter. It's just, a, just really, really special. Love it. Yeah. Good 21 uh, season racing there. So excited to see what we have started in 2022. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm already really excited to uh, start getting registered for races in, in, in 2022 and, and, uh, and next week's episode uh, for our cool down, we'll probably uh, talk about some of our 2022 mm-hmm. race goals or, or just 20, 2022 goals in general. So that that'll be uh, really something to look forward to, but um, well, guys, I, I think that just about brings it into our first episode. It was fun. You know, like I said before, this was a long time coming, you know, it just took a lot to, finally figure out exactly what kind of format we wanted to do this in, you know, something that not everybody else is doing, you know, so we hope that this kind of stick sticks out to some people who find this and then they can maybe even listen to this uh, while they're running, you know, that that'd be like the ultimate goal is to, is to uh, have people listening to our podcast while they're going out for their long run. It, I feel like the length will be perfect for that. So um, Seth, any, any final thoughts? No, just thanks everybody for listening. We're excited to have you and just uh, we want your normal everyday runners listening in. And if you have topics or ideas you want discussed on the show, you know, contact us, let us know, and we'll be more than happy to talk about it or bring on people as guests. So exactly excited to get this going. Yeah. And, 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 you know, as we grow the show into really, really what we want, because, you know, obviously we're still working out kinks, you know, we, we still got audio issues and stuff like that. You know, we're still new to this, but, you know, as we get better and better, especially with our conversations and everything like that, you know, we, we might, we might create like our own Twitter account for this podcast in particular, but for now we're going to keep our own separate Twitter accounts. You can find me on Twitter at Kevin green media and green is like the color. Um, Seth, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can just find my handle at Seth Arusky with some double zeros. All right. Well, guys, uh, thanks again for listening. If you want to look better, feel better, be more confident, and set yourself up for future goals um, throughout the rest of the day and for th- throughout the rest of the year, then commit to fitness. See you guys next week.